Hey everybody, and welcome to Percentile Vice. My name is Emily. I'll be your keeper this evening. I am joined by Steve and John and Hannah. And we are continuing our homebrew Call of Cthulhu campaign called Children of Cthulhu. Just wrapped up a chapter last time. A chapter. A chapter. We're going to start a new one. This chapter uh, I actually named ahead of time, so I'm very proud of myself. Um, normally I come together with the chapter names when John's like, I need to upload these videos. Do you have a name? I'm like, no. <laughs> Call it Fred. Call it Fred. Uh, this chapter is called Laughing at the Wind. So, pretty proud of that one. So last time we saw our players, they had just defeated Apepnar in an oasis in a desert temple and managed to successfully complete the ritual. Um, they talked with Shafira, the, the priestess of the temple, for a while, who talked to them a little bit about what had been going on. Um, and after a day or so of recouping, getting themselves back together, they headed back to Statham Manor. And we find ourselves maybe two or three weeks later You've all been spending that time, maybe maybe even a month later, give or take. It's been a chunk of change. Not much has been going on at Statham in the last month or so. It's been a lot of time for you guys to recuperate, rest, debrief, a lot of reports to fill out. Statham's very big on documentation, writing out your depositions and all these things that you've done and, you know, <clears throat> those kind of things. So why don't you guys go around the table and tell me a little bit about what your players did during this, during your downtime. So anybody want to go first or should I just call on somebody? I'll go first. Okay, you go first. What did Nate do? So first, Nate is hoping that over several weeks he healed the three hit points he, he was did. down. You guys are completely healed. Yay me. Um, really stepping into the role of... Uh, Head of security, though he's careful not to say that in the Statham uh, mansion because the real head of security may be around. But when, but when we are out, the three of us doing our thing, I'm absolutely considering myself the head of security. Right. So through uh, Statham supplies or taking a jaunt into a local town, I'm picking up a few things. Okay, what you getting? I think I'm going to pick up some night vision goggles. Hell yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to pick up, those. Are, that's 600 bucks for the night vision goggles. A uh, listening device. Okay. For 200 A covert digital recorder. Oh, would have come in handy last time. Right. <laughs> Something I can plant somewhere yeah. and, and get some uh, stuff. Um, and I think a, a bug sweep kit, because Nafram just sounds like the kind of place that would, you know, like bug places. Nice. So, you know, really leaning into this head of security thing. Intel gathering, monitoring. Yeah, I got you. Very kind of spy security sweep kind of thing. I like it. Yeah. I'm also going to pick up a, another 9mm gun. Uh, if I can't find one to match the one I got, I'm going to buy two. And some cool leg holsters, but careful not to look too much like Kara. Is it Kara or Kara? Kara. Kara. Kara? Kara. Have I been saying Kara yeah. this whole time? You know, I'm, no. I, I make sure that, okay. you know, 
They don't ride down as low on the thigh as hers do. Right. So it doesn't look like I'm completely ripping her off, but it just looks so cool. Yeah. Um, you know what? Scratch that. That's too, too derivative. <laughs> um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get one of those holsters that go like in the small of your back. Yeah. And one that's a double small of so your back. So you can back. do like the... That's what I'm Hell yeah. Do. Okay. So twin nine millimeter handguns, holster in the back, some night vision goggles, listening devices, digital recorder, a bug sweep kit. I am Kidding. ready to go. And then I spend a lot of time learning how to use these things. Okay. Probably learned them in a couple of days. And then I start playing with them. You know? Right. Planning a listening device in the room. Coming back the next day, seeing what I got. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, you definitely like bugged Jonathan uh, at one point or another. Were able to find out what they were planning on serving for dinner. Like you, you spent a lot of time bugging the manor in really innocuous ways, but it was probably very fun. So, with those, with that practice and skill, is there any skills that you're going to choose to improve? Increase? So, for our listeners and watchers, I am allowing them to spend this time to improve one or two skills. Um, Based off of just downtime, learning things. I don't really care what the book says on how this works. I'm doing it my way, and the book can kiss my ass. So I think it works. I can learn something in four weeks. So I think, you know, I already, we already did the investigator development we phase did. where we improved those skills that we were successful. Failed at failed succeeding. At, yeah, see, succeeded in no, failing. Su successful when I did it, and then yeah. right. <laughs> um, so I think that I would like to maybe train up on locksmith. Okay, yeah, you can definitely do that. Um, so I think when we talked about this out of game last time, we decided that you guys would have. But I decided it was either going to be you could roll for it, or did I give you guys a point value you could use? I have no idea. Let's say you guys can have 10 points to put into a skill, or multiple skills of your choosing. Does that sound fair? Sounds more than fair, okay. if you well, catch okay. my drift there. Maybe roll a d10 instead? No. Okay. 10 points. Well, it would need to be a skill we are not already trained Correct. in. Right? This would be something so, you have put extra time so like into. like Locksmith, I have a one on. So he's only going up to an 11. So this is a right, new I could, skill. I couldn't train in mechanical repair where I've already got 38. Right? I'm learning something new. Right. You're learning a new skill. So I think just giving you now a base level of 10 plus, you know, your common sense percentage, then I think that's fair. So then uh, I also, with some of my money, must have picked up some uh, lock pick sets and like Certainly. several different padlocks and stuff. So on downtime in my room, I'm picking away, trying to learn. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Good month spent. Learned a lot of new skills, a lot of new cool gear that can try to help you out in the future. Um, who wants to go next? I'll go. Okay. What'd you work on? What'd you do? Well, Will you? the thing that makes the most sense would be for Bernard to pour through the library. Mm -hmm. But 
that would include no new skills for me. So instead, what he's done is he's gone online to the University of Phoenix okay. and taken a psychoanalysis course. Nice. All right. Yeah. So you're going to put 10 points in psychoanalysis? Sure. I'm fine with it. Look, look. We are here to play play the game and have fun. And, uh, you know, I just... I'm one of those people who gives, you know, level one characters like super high powered weapons because it's funny. Um, I don't care if you're overpowered. I just make shit harder. <laughs> um, okay. Did you buy anything in your downtime? Uh, Desert Eagle with a suppressor. Desert Eagle with a suppressor. Now, um, what I know what a Desert Eagle is, but can you describe it to me? Because I don't know what kind of, of, of boomstick it is. It's an Israeli-made pistol. Okay. It's uh, rather large for a pistol and okay. got a lot of stopping power. Nice. Anything else that you wanted to buy? No. no. Okay, cool. Kara, did you buy anything? Did you so, work on anything? Yeah. While her hand is healing... She can't do a lot of, like, physical things like she wants to. So she's going to pour her time into research her newfound um, genealogy. Oh, yeah. And um, ancient Egyptian, like, hieroglyphics. That was rough. You, you tried, but you, was... you didn't get there. <laughs> <laughs> hieroglyphics. Okay. Um, yeah. So you're going to... You put some points into like another language, or are you going to be going into yeah. like um, I don't know if you have any skills in anthropology or anything like that, but um, surprisingly, my anthropology is a one. So you so could I'm put probably... those 10 points in anthropology if you chose, it's really up to you. Because to me, when you go into genealogy, you're really studying your family's specific anthropological backgrounds. So yeah. I'll do that, I, I call that squaresies. Did you buy anything? Although you're already made of money, so exactly. I don't think she bought anything. Is there any gear that you specifically don't have listed that you, in retrospect, wish you had had? <laughs> More guns, <laughs> a cannon, a helicopter. <laughs> uh, no, I I'm good. Okay, all right. So you guys spent four weeks learning some new trades, spending some time together. Like I said, a lot of filling out paperwork, talking to um, Mr. Stant uh, Stantham about what was going on um, and really giving them the best rundown. So my question is to you, how honest were you guys? Did you give him the whole rundown? Did you tell him every nitty gritty detail? Or did you maybe gloss over some bits? Because I imagine Mr. Statham took you in individually to have these conversations, not as a group. So, Nate, were you completely honest? What a tricky question. <laughs> so uh, let me think back through some of the stuff we did. Um... Take a moment. Kara, were you completely honest? No. No? What way uh, were you did you glaze over? Um, 
she glazed over and got out. Mm-hmm. Um, she put over the location about all of the, the priestesses. So, so to oh. have stayed remote all years for a purpose. So she is not going to out them further until they're ready. Okay. And um, then she just doesn't want to get trouble about the Pepnar jar opening. That's fair. Did you tell them about your hand? She probably just said she fell or something. Okay. Did not say, oh yeah, I was crushing his heart and he just snapped my finger. No. No, yeah. It was probably a, we were in the middle of a fight, fell down, that type of thing. Nothing like supernatural. I gotcha. What about you, Bernard? Did you give him the whole honest truth or did you glaze over some things? I believe he would have given the honest truth, and I believe he would have probably have written it up very academically, very dispassionately. Okay. So you gave him the full thing from your point of view as to what you could testify as fact. Yeah. Okay. So things that were strictly pertaining to Kara or to Nate, things that happened either interpersonally with them or in their minds or, you know, things like that would not have been included because they were not... You could not provide factual evidence to it? Or did you maybe speculate on the other two? I think if it was an event, it would have been recorded. I gotcha. Okay. Nate, what'd you figure out? I think I was uh, completely honest. It's important that your after-action reports are thorough, especially when you're the head of security. Okay. So. Did you yeah. give, uh, you know, statements based on only the things that you yourself experienced, or did you maybe surmise? I probably did do some supposition, mm -hmm. but uh, accurately reflected it as so in my report. Okay. I don't know for sure, but I believe it is based on blah, blah, blah. Okay, I gotcha. Good to know. All right. So, it is a typical Tuesday morning. You guys have just had breakfast. Um, not really anything going on today. There's no lawyers in. There's no analysts in. There's no one filling out forms. All that's kind of come pretty much to an end the occasional hey i need you to initial this statement i need you to blah 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 all this occasionally comes up but so far it's pretty much died down um and you're all sitting at the breakfast table eating food that has definitely been adjusted over the past month or so to your tastes the cooks take notice of what you pick over and what you really scarf down and have tried to adjust so it's a pretty banger breakfast when you hear a door slam open, smacking the wall. It's pretty nasty outside. It's one of those early morning thunderstorms you know, that makes the whole morning kind of go by slower. Um, and 
you almost feel because the, the the door that is blown open is just down the hall from the dining room. You almost feel that change in air pressure in the dining room where that door has blown open. And then you start hearing lots of voices and lots of other doors opening and then that door being shut. You hear a lot of commotion out in the hallway of a lot of talking, but it's all in very much hushed tones and shuffling about happening just down the hall from you. I'm going to get up and go check it out. Okay. What are the other two doing? I'll go with them. She's going to finish the working on, and then she's going to get up and follow them out. I imagine you take, like, a piece of French toast with you, like, half hanging out your mouth. I just feel like you're that kind of person. (laughs) All right, so you guys proceed out into the hallway, and what you see is several men in full suits. And it's not unusual in this area to see them in full suits, but these are definitely, Nate, you specifically would acknowledge that these are some form of security, um, judging by earpieces, the just the general cut of their suit is not like a presentation suit. It's more of to blend in kind of business casual suit. Um, and they're all kind of bustling about moving in bags and boxes and large like briefcases and just moving all these things in um, and come through the door after several minutes of moving these things around. You see a woman with a slight frame you know, maybe five two, very petite, um, in a raincoat covering her whole face, come through the door. And about that time, Mr. Statham comes hobbling on his cane up and looks at you. He's like, oh, uh, don't don't worry about this. Go back to your breakfast. Go back to your breakfast. We've, we've got this. And he goes up. Oh, it's so good to see you, darling. And starts out a hand. Um, you see a delicate hand come out and shake his hand. And he politely escorts her down to his personal study, an area where you only go when you're having one-on-one talks. So I'd like to, I'm going to turn to go back towards the the dining room and then I'm going to stop and turn around. Can I take that uh, raincoat for you, ma'am? You see the head kind of turn towards you. You're not able to see the top portion of the fame, but you can see the bottom, like from the nose down. And from what you can see, she's a very lovely woman. Um, And, she kind of tilts her head to you. She's like, that would be much appreciated. And she unzips her raincoat and hands it to you. So as I take it off of her, I'm going to <coughs> try try <coughs> to uh, to place my uh, compact remote listening device like on the, the collar of her blouse or dress, whatever she's wearing. Okay. So you'll need to make me a sleight of hand roll. You know, I should have spent time working on it. Slide of hand. That's a three under a ten. Okay. So <laughs> and what? I got a ten percent chance. I got a hard success. Okay. <clears throat> You're really not going to like this. <laughs> so, as you begin to take her jacket down... You kind of graze one finger under the edge of like a a coat that she has underneath of it to try to kind of thread it into the base of her coat. And right as you're you're, you're getting right there and you've almost got it lodged into place, you feel a hand grab you. She goes, that's very cute, but unnecessary, Mr. Young. And what's revealed is a very young 
woman, probably in her mid-20s. Like I said, very beautiful, um, exquisite, short, black hair, um, very delicate features, obviously of Japanese descent, um, who turns to you and reaches into her collar and pulls out your little listening device and hands it back. She's like, um, Sparrow, and hands you a hand. I'll shake it. I think you already know my name, but uh, Nate Young. You can just call me Nate. And um, Sorry about that, miss. I'm just trying to protect Mr. Statham. Make me a notice roll, or a spot hidden. Extreme success. Okay. As she shakes your hand, you feel the slightest, and I mean, it could almost be mistaken for the wind or a piece of thread brushing your wrist, but you feel something very delicate touch your wrist inside of your shirt. Okay. So I'm going to finish shaking your hand, turn and shoot an apologetic nod at Statham, who I imagine just saw that I got busted. <laughs> sheepishly uh, head back towards the dining room. And as I do so, I'm going to look at the cuff of my shirt. As you pull out the cuff of your shirt, you find a small slip of paper that says, better luck next time. This is going to be a woman I'm going to love to hate. <laughs> or hate to love, I'm not sure. As you start to turn away, you hear Mr. Statham go, oh, Sparrow, enough of your showboating. Um, and they begin to walk again towards his personal study. <clears throat> now, Kara, you know the name Sparrow. You've yeah. never met Sparrow, but you know the name Sparrow. Mm -hmm. Sparrow happens to be the code name of the operative that was working inside Nafram Corp. That's information that you okay. know. Yep. The commotion continues as they continue to move in boxes. They seem to be um, setting up effectively some sort of command center in one of the leisure rooms that's not used often. It's almost like a um, receiving room. Um, so you see them bringing in desks from other rooms. You hear a lot of jostling about. It takes quite a while for them to get everything settled. Um, you see what looks like a large black panel van pull off. Seem to have been carrying all this gear. But you guys are welcome to do as you please now. Well, back in the dining room, the next time Jonathan comes through, I want to say, oh, geez, man, it looks like they're setting up a command and control center in, in there. Uh, can I lend a hand, you know? Uh, no, I believe that they have enough uh, manpower. Um, at this point, I think they may have too much. They seem to be bumping into each other. I think that you and I would only be a hindrance. So, uh... Who's this uh, sparrow lady? She's uh, quite the sharp one. He begins like clearing your plates and things like that. He's like, oh, she works for Mr. Stantham. Um, I'm afraid that's all I'm allowed to say. And continues to clear your plates. Very, very jovial. Same Jonathan you always see. He doesn't seem to be hiding anything from you. He's very blatantly tell you, I am not allowed to tell you. All right, well, I'm just going to be, yeah, I'm going to look over at... Uh, the professors, uh, Jesus, it's not like we we didn't put our lives on the line for Statham and, uh, you know, prove our worth several times over. I guess we still can't be trusted. Yeah, it seems like a need-to-know kind of thing. 
It's not just for our protection, but your protection. If you knew who she was, then it would put your lives at risk just as much as hers. Well, see, you're uh, carrying the, the family line there. You're not wondering what she's doing here? Look at all this stuff going on. We've been sitting around here for three weeks, and there's exciting stuff going on. Jeez, I'm getting stir-crazy here. How do we get involved in this thing? You got you got pulled with the old man. I'll try to find out what's going on. Okay. Um, Carl, what would you like to do to try to find out what's going on? Uh, she is going to head down there and, um, where they're setting everything up and go introduce herself to Sparrow if she has the right. Um, so Sparrow is still in the private study of Mr. Statham. In the room that they're setting up, it seems to be all just security guys mm -hmm. um, setting up various things. But you can go down there and take a look around. Or if you wanted to go to where Sparrow is, you'd have to go down to Statham's private study. I'm going to go down to where they're setting up and go to the head of security team. Like, clearly the person who's making all the calls. Okay. Um... So, as you walk in, you see a bustle of young men um, setting up computers and a bunch of technology things that have words that I don't know the words for. Um, like things and stuff. Things and stuff. All very technical looking. Um, and as you try to enter the room, one of the guards turns around and very politely goes, apologies, Miss Statham, and shuts the door. You hear an audible click of a lock. <laughs> she's going to mutter under her breath. That was an L. And then she's just going to turn around and walk away. And once she gets <clears throat> far enough, she's then going to try and sneak back to the door. Okay. So, Gar, you're going to try to sneak down. And how, how are you trying to infiltrate this room? Are you going, like, through the door? Are you going to try to subvert the door in some way? So, at first, she's just going to go up to the door and listen in to see if they're saying anything. And then if not... Cross that bridge when you get to it? <laughs> yep, okay. exactly. So, make me a stealth roll. It's a 26 over 20, but I'm going to spend points to get there. Okay. So you approach the door very quietly. Um, you've known this house. You know all the boards to miss, to not make the floor creak. Um, and are able to kind of press your ear up against the door and listen. And you do hear some talking. Some of it is too muffled to pick mm -hmm. up. 
But somebody or a pair of somebody's real close to the door is talking about something about, um, yeah, she, she got spooked and had to be pulled out. I'm not sure what happened. She's debriefing with Stantham now, but, um, all I know is we got the call and we came and, and, and extracted her. Another guy chimes in, well, it's not like her to get spooked, man. You know, she's, she's tough as nails, that one. Yeah, but, you know. You gotta know when to call it, you know, for safety of the team. Yeah, I guess you're right, bruh. Mm-hmm. And then you hear a lot of boxes and shuffling shuffling about like they've gone back to whatever they were assembling. Okay. With that, she's going to um, walk away and go back uh, to the group. Okay. And all, before she gets there halfway, she's going to make a call to Alex. The man the in the chair. guy in the chair. Okay. Computer guy. You get several rings. You, do you need time to prepare characters? No. You get several rings and nothing. Fuck, 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 fuck. And she's gonna hang up. And then she's gonna call again. Several rings and nothing. Not even his voicemail. Not even the. Vo- I was gonna leave a voicemail. Fine. Not even his voicemail. It's almost okay. like on the fourth okay. ring, somebody's hanging up. Fuck. Um. Oh, I don't like this. Are both of these things just gonna be like chapters because of my mess ups? Because I feel like. <laughs> The Odyssey of Kara's fuck-ups. Kara's fuck up, excuse me. Yeah, because she opens the jar, and now she sent Alex to go and, like, try and, like, get in and, like, figure out something about why they wanted this jar. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what tipped them off. Oh, shit. If only Did he Alex would answer the phone. If only... Um, she's going to go back to the group and try not to look frazzled, but is probably failing. Okay. You can head back into the dining room to your compatriots. You guys have the floor. So I'm going to pull them off to the side and just go, um, hey, something happened out there and they had to pull her out of her current mission and now she's debriefing my uncle that's what's going on what was her current current mission what was she doing she was our one operative that we had inside um uh, and i have a feeling that when I told Alex, you know, the computer guy who has connect, well, makes connections, um, I have a feeling he might have tipped it off, and now he's not answering. So, yeah. Going on, but it's fine. It's fine. 
Just the dog with the room on fire. Well, this is fine. Maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. Geez, maybe he's just you know like busy right now, or you know sitting on the can or something. Like I never answer phone if I'm sitting on the can. It's just, try shooting him a text. Yeah, I'll try. I just I don't know. He always picks up, you know. And she's gonna pull out her phone and shoot him call me text and that's it okay i don't know iphones but whatever color your text message stays when somebody hasn't read it that's what it sits on okay i don't know which one it is yeah professor you know when we were here last time in the library we uh we ran across a lot of uh, like statham company records and that's where we found out some stuff about uh, nafram and all that um Said we slip back to the library and see if we can find any mention of uh, this sparrow chick. I doubt they would have anything about their top secret operative in there, but if you want to go look, we can. I don't know. Uh, did Kara hear Car? I'm saying it wrong now. <laughs> um, did she hear that? Yeah, I wasn't trying to hide it from me. Okay. And. And she'll confirm what Bernard said. Like, you're not going to find a paper trail on this woman. Like, there's hardly even digital. Like, it's all in the heads of the most high people. You're not going to find anything in our library of all places. What are you trying to find out exactly? Just want to know what's going on. I mean... About that time, Jonathan walks through the room. Uh, Mr. Satham has summoned you to his personal study, all of you. Yeah, tell him we'll be there in a few. Well, certainly. <laughs> and Jonathan heads out. <laughs> I don't think he took your disinterested cue there. Yeah. All right, let's go. Maybe now we'll figure out what's going on. Something happened. It's boring three weeks. Uh, as you leave the dining room, Jonathan's just a few steps ahead of you. And you're like, oh! Did you finish up what you had going on? Yeah, John, we're ready. Oh, wonderful. Follow me. Um, in these three weeks, you've learned that Jonathan is quite the literal person. He doesn't he doesn't take satire or sarcasm entirely too well. <clears throat> so he escorts you down to Mr. Statham's private study and knocks on the door. And you hear, and, oh, come in. And he opens the door, and in there sits... Sparrow and Mr. Statham, and three chairs have been arranged kind of in a semicircle. Um, and he kind of, oh, yeah, come, 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 sit, sit, sit. You can go in and sit down. Um, how does Statham look? Oh, he looks good. Um, he looks, he's tired. You can tell it's been a rough couple of weeks. All of the paperwork and the people in and out of the manor, it's very, it's very taxing on a man that age, but he's, he's in good spirits, but he's tired. He look like a man. He look like a man. I have no idea what that's from. That's a SNL skit. No, um, Mad TV. Mad TV. It's whatever. Um, so you all take a seat, and uh, Sparrow has made herself more comfortable. She's taken off her jacket. She's wearing like a very business casual, like pants suit, or excuse me, like a pencil skirt. You know, legs crossed with kitten heels, like very well put together. Um, very strikingly beautiful 
um, very delicate features, bright eyes, just if somebody looked at you and was like, this is a spy, you'd be like, no, that is a model. <laughs> like, she is exquisite. Um, as you sit down, Mr. Statham says, oh, I'm, I'm glad you all could join us. I hope we're not interrupting your uh, your breakfast. I hope you had time to finish. Yeah, yeah, we're good, boss. Uh, so, geez, what's up here? You gonna, like, uh, fill us in, all this moving around, you know, driving us a little batty, not knowing what's going on and how we can help. Oh, yes, we, that's, that's why we have you here. Uh, I'm going to let her explain. She deemed it, after I explained the situation we have with the three of you, she thought it'd be best to debrief with all of us here. She believes she has information pertaining to you. Um, so, instead of this normal protocol of the one-on-one -on -one debrief, I have allowed for her to debrief as a group. Um, go ahead. And he looks over to the young woman, and she turns to you, and she's like, Thank you, Mr. Statham. Um... My name is Hatsu Susume. I can spell that for you if you need me to. I like my spelling of it. Okay. Hatsu. Hatsu Susume. She was just sued and she grew up. <laughs> She's Hatsu. Um, most people here know me by the name of Sparrow. And I have been inside Nafram Court for the last... 11 months or so, funneling information from Nafram to here. And recent developments have caused me to um, pull out of Nafram as my safety and the safety of the mission is no longer secure. And I, there are new developments that have that need immediate attention. Um, at Nafram, I was um, secretary of sort to one of the gentlemen who runs a particular division who reports to a specific member of the board at Nafram. Um, the board is made up of six individuals who all represent different branches, as it were, of Nafram across the countries, um, across the world. And their job is to report directly to the CEO. And I was only a few steps away from that board member, which gave me some unique opportunities to gather intel. Um, a couple weeks ago, an opportunity arose where a member of the board left his briefcase at my, my desk um, while he went to lunch, and it gave me the opportunity to bug his briefcase, knowing that they had an upcoming board meeting. So I took the gamble and bugged the briefcase. Um... And I learned quite a bit from the board meeting. They were talking about several different things, but um, at the end, I heard someone scream and then a terrible ripping, squelching sound. And something in a voice that's... It's hard to describe. It was both male and female and somehow neither whispered something, and I I fled. Um, it whispered, fly home, little bird. And I, I panicked, which is not like me, but um, there's had this moment where I just, I felt this intense need to run. I can't even explain it. After a few moments, it seemed to pass, but I was already halfway out the door, and I just, 
I kept going. And so I called my extraction team who packed up all my gear from my stations and the apartment I was staying at and has brought it all back here to, you know, I guess find a new operative to put into Nafram. I think my time there is blown. Um, but I can tell you quite a bit about Nafram and how it works, if you're interested. Oh, we're interested, but uh, this uh, this this voice, this whispering voice, it was you were listening in on the board meeting. Yes. So this person thing was in the board meeting. I guess. I mean, that's where the briefcase was. That's right up until that moment. I had heard them talking about all the other things that the board was talking about. I could hear the members of the board. And then there was this voice that I've... Who screamed? I don't know. It was a man's scream. But, um... I've got a scream. And it's a man's scream. A man's scream at that. Um... I don't know. I... The moment I heard it, the sound of the the ripping and the squelching and the... Something just came over me. I had to run. I had to get as far away as possible. I still have nightmares about it. Fell asleep on the plane here, and that's all I could hear. Run home, little bird. So tell us about Nafram. So Nafram, for the most part, its employees... They work like any other company. Um, they have audits, they have mail rooms, they have all of those things. Um, it functions very much like a company. I mean, they do above ground business, and so they have people who do those things. NAFRM is very smart in the way it's structured its business, and that all of the different divisions are so deeply segregated from each other that no one department sees too much of what another one does. Now, me looking for those connections, I can see some nefarious bits kind of trailing between them. But if you worked in any one of these departments, you'd be none the wiser. Um, they were very, very smart. Whoever's running their organizational method here has done a fantastic job in keeping every bit of information so separated that you can't connect the dots unless you know where all the dots are. For that matter, the few people I ever saw that seemed to maybe catch on to something was amiss, they all got terminated, and strangely, no one ever comes back from HR to clean out their desk. Did you ever uh, meet or hear of a man named Steele? Um, not exactly. So Steele is a part of the board. Not one of the six members that I mentioned, but Steele is always at the meetings, um, but they never speak. I've never heard anyone address them, aside from the fact that when they, you know, talk amongst themselves, sometimes they'll say, well, as Steele said a moment ago, or things like that, they never directly address them. Um, and I, I don't know... It sounds like they're not necessarily in the room the way they speak about steel. Um, you know, the other people, they say, oh, well, here, take a look at this, or here, take a look at this. And with steel, it seems like they're, you know, talking about if you look at this attachment or 
you know, this presentation, it seems like everything almost like Steele's remoting in to this meeting. I mean, you said that, uh, you know, Steele never talks, but then somebody will say, as Steele said, that doesn't jive with me. I agree. It's always bothered me as well, but I've never heard them speak. So you've listened in on more than one board meeting. I have. But other methods have been not as good. Um, I've tried bugging the boardroom. Um, but halfway through the first few minutes, uh, my device went out. Fried. Massive static shock sound. Unlike anything I've ever heard. Um, nearly blew my hair drums out. Um, I've tried having devices on the outside of the building. Same thing after a few minutes. In fact, it's always about six minutes in. Whatever device I have in there goes kaput. But I use a different type of device this time. It's much more close range. Can't pick up everything in the room. But it works differently. And it lasted quite a bit longer. Almost to an hour. And it may have lasted longer than that. I really don't know. After after what I heard, I don't know what happened to the bug. So there's a chance that bug is still on the briefcase. And if we can just get a receiver close enough to it, we could pick it up again. Certainly. Problem is the receiver is at my desk. How did you get in the nap room? Been there for 11 months, so... That's a long time undercover, but, uh, you know, how did, how did you weasel your way in? Well, it's not as um, exciting as you'd hope it'd be. Honestly, they were hiring. I applied. Um, had some stellar references, some faked degrees, any number of false documentation. Came well, you know, good references, things like that. And uh, I got hired on in a lower division. And I worked there for about two months and then started working my, my way up through, you know, inter-office hiring and things like that and internals. And um, for the last four months, I have been working as a secretary to one of the divisions that reports to one of the board members. And 11 months seems like a bit of a meteoric rise. Yeah, I mean, they were very impressed by me. I put on quite the quite the show for being tenacious, a little vicious, willing to cut down the people around me to get what I want, and that seemed to be responded to well by the people in charge. So, hey, right, so Nate is like fiercely scribbling in his little notebook, as is Steve. Um, so. Up until the point that uh, that voice said, fly home, little bird, was there ever any indication or concern that, you know, maybe somebody suspected you weren't what you said you were? No. Uh, no, actually. Um, I had about a no week No moments prior. of doubt on your part? Like, oh, my God, that guy knows. No, I stayed just enough detached that... I felt pretty confident in my abilities. Um, I've spent my whole life training for these type of things, and I'm quite good. Um, 
Yeah, no, even in the meeting, I, they were talking about, before all that happened, very delicate, sensitive information um, that I'm happy to share with you in a moment. Um, but no, I was even being put up for a promotion. <laughs> I, I was doing very well with Anaphram. It's my job to be exactly what people want me to be. So to the point that uh, you could listen to, what was the what was the basis of the discussion for that board meeting? Well, they they talked a lot about six sites around the world, and I've gathered through intel of my own and some you know confirmation from listening that each member of the board in their area, the countries they're from, is one of these sites. Um, the board members are from Greece, Greenland, Japan, which I worked under the one from Japan, um, Mexico, Morocco, and Egypt. And they were talking about how two of the sites were no longer feasible. Something had happened to two of the sites. Um, something about the children were no longer there. I don't, I don't necessarily, that's the problem with being a spy is you can't communicate in or out. And so I, I only have my side of the conversation effectively, but something about children at the sites, I don't, I don't know, but that those children were no longer there. I do know that the representative from Mexico, He's a very boastful one. Um, was talking to the representative from Egypt and saying something to the effect of, well, in a few weeks, I'll show you what it's really like to serve. It, it seemed like he was expecting something at his, in his branch so in the next few <clears throat> weeks. I'm not entirely sure. So did the uh, the representatives from Egypt and or Morocco seem uh, less sure of themselves than the others? Well, Morocco has been, the, the representative from Morocco, he has been oddly quiet for quite a few weeks. Um, Egypt, in the last month or so, he's been quieter than usual. Normally he's quite um, good for a good pun or... An interjection, or you know, I've met him in person. Actually, he's a very um, loud man. But at this particular board meeting, he was incredibly quiet. Um, I only mummy's heard... the word. <laughs> That's a joke that he would definitely make. Um, but yes, they have seemed distant. Why do you ask? Well, I mean. I don't know how much uh, Mr. Statham here has told you, but uh, me and uh, Professor Bernard over there, you know, we came to uh, to work for him right after taking a trip. We won a trip to Morocco that ended up crashing, and we were under the water in some weird temple-like thing, and, well, we did a little damage down there, Sustained a little damage and got out of there, heading to Morocco. I don't know how close that was. And just three weeks ago, we left Egypt, and I'm sure 
sure you told you about our escapades there where we put a genie back in a bottle. Well, he hasn't. Dead. <laughs> but uh, Egypt and Morocco, you listed off six things and said two of them weren't so viable anymore. And I'm thinking, we've been to two of those places. And I'm wondering, you know, did uh, we aid in the non-viability of those particular locations? It does seem like more than a coincidence. You're right. Uh, no, Mr. Statham hadn't had a chance to. He told me he had recently come into your, um, to requiring your services because you had intercepted some different things from that from, but we hadn't gotten into the specifics just yet. But he did say that you were his new, you know, forefront team of investigators that were going out and dealing with some of his high-profile concerns. And, well, the information I'm bringing is incredibly high-profile. Um, oh, and by the way, Kara, uh, I... I know we've never met, but it is a pleasure. I've heard so much about you. Your uncle is very fond, speaks very highly of you. Kara was instrumental. I've heard a lot about you, too. Well, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing my job very well if you have. <laughs> and Mr. Bernard, is no. it? No. Uh. I'm sorry, dear. Did I cut you off? No, you're good. Go ahead. Oh. Uh, Mr. Bernard, correct? Yes. Mm. Um, so, I'm, I'm sorry, it's a little off topic, but, you know, you all seem such a, a diverse group. How did... What, what did you do before you came here? Uh, Mr. Bernard, what, what did you do? I was a professor te teaching archaeology. Oh, that is simply delightful. You and Kara must get along famously. Yeah, that's why when you said quite a diverse group, I'm like, Really? Oh, well, I just meant you look quite diverse. And um, there's a lot of age gaps. There's just, it just seems, it just, it's lovely seeing you work together. Mr. Mr. It was really just a nice way of saying, other than Kara here, we don't look like a group that would be doing this kind of stuff. Well, maybe. Yeah. Uh, what did you do before you came here? To stay hey, uh, one of New York's finest New York City police detective. Oh. Young, badge number 5732. Very good, very good. And I know all about Kara, so, um, well, I'm I'm glad that you guys have come together and have apparently <laughs> been doing some good work out there because, yeah, they've definitely talked about um, whatever happened in Egypt and Morocco has made those sites unviable. I don't, I'm not sure what the sites are for, per se. They only speak about it, I want to say very clinically, very professionally, you know, sites, assets. It's rare for them to really get into what I would consider emotional speaking. Um, but yes, they, they do. The only time I've really seen that is usually when one of them is boasting or trying to show off. Um, Mexico, the gentleman from there, he was very, very adamant that he was going to show Egypt how it was done in a couple of weeks. And I, I don't know what it is, but he definitely seemed excited. I uh, know in... Uh, <clears throat> The, the temple under the sea that we was at near Morocco, <clears throat> these cultists were trying to, uh, like, open a gateway for some big, bad monster thing to come out. We caught a water weasel. A uh, water weasel? That's what we call it. This big, translucent, like, slug thing that mm -hmm. swung up and down the... Yeah, you wouldn't want to see it. No. Um <clears throat> You know, and then in Egypt, it was like I told you, like a genie in a bottle, some Pepto Dismal or something like that, <laughs> um, dude that uh, you know got out and uh, 
guitar there was instrumental in putting that guy back in his place. Very good. Well, it seems whatever's happening, I think that your next stop is going to be Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any other questions that I might be able to answer? I don't have a ton of information about the board besides what I've given you. Um, but, you know, I'll try to answer any questions I can. So this uh, steel guy, did he have an office or anything? I don't know. I mean, he was only in, in the building for one of the six. Correct. Um, yeah, ah. they don't talk about steel very often. Um, it's almost it's almost like bad luck, I think, for them to talk about steel. It's like talking about Macbeth when you're doing a play. It seems like whenever somebody brings them up, it's hushed voices or whenever they talk about them, the whole mood shifts. I don't know. But I don't know of anybody who's ever actually seen them. I mean, to be honest, we don't even know if it's a man or a woman. We have no idea. They only ever refer to them as Steel. Not Miss Steel, not Mr. Steel, just Steel. It's all very cryptic. So what do you think is going on in Mexico? <clears throat> I'm guessing one of these other sites. I, I don't know what they're trying to do with them, but I'm guessing it has something to do with the sites because they were discussing the different sites and the children no longer being at the sites or with the sites. I'm not entirely sure the verbiage that they used, but um, something about that. And then they were talking about the site in Mexico. So I'm guessing something going on there with whatever, I mean, the children thing, that's what's really sticking to me. Like children doesn't make much sense. It's not beings, monsters, any number of things, but children, that seems odd to me. Yeah. Hello, Professor, wasn't there something about after the Morocco thing we found about some god-like weird thing they was worshiping who had uh, weird abominations they called their children and Cathalpa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cassaba melon, um, <laughs> and somehow the water weasel was involved. Hmm. Yeah, I'm afraid I can't be much help there. It's not really my strong suit. Um, but all I know is, is that all of these board members seem to have a site and I don't know if there's a hierarchy. I don't know if there's an order, but I do know it seems like Mexico is the most imminent site to have something going on. So working in the Japan office, was, were you able to determine where their site was? No. Um, so the office that I worked in was... I'm just saying, like, Mexico's a big old place, yeah. you know, so, you know, there's infinite number of sites in Mexico. and uh, So I thought maybe if you knew in Japan, maybe there were some correlations that could be made. Unfortunately, no. The office that I worked in was really in the financial side. Um, we didn't deal a lot of, like, physical goods. So most of our paperwork referred to you know, location and then some kind of coded 
numeric system or asset and a coded numeric system. It, it never gave us proper names. And that's what I was talking about, how they keep everything so well segregated. Is that you don't know what the good could be a pencil. It could be a person. You have no idea. It has just as asset and then like a numerical code with it. Um, they, they've done a very good job of making sure not any person in any building knows more than just well, within their spectrum. You gotta at least like know where the Mexico office is, right? I mean, correspondence between, you know, like send an invoice or something. I'm not sure. Um, let me think. I've seen a couple letters come out of Mexico for a couple different places. I think the place I see the most often would be Hidalgo, but um, I'm not sure if that's anything. Hidalgo. Hidalgo. Like the horse. Well, there's a place in, in Mexico called I Hidalgo. I didn't know that. I thought it was just that movie no. with that dude. There is a place. Um, and with that, Mr. Stanton pops up. Ah, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I have an old friend who lives out that way. Um, I, maybe I can reach out to him. Maybe maybe he'll talk to me. I don't know. We didn't. <laughs> we have a bit of a sketchy past, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Um... Well, Sasume, you have been absolutely um, instrumental, and we applaud your service in putting your neck on the line, and um, I'm very glad you're safe. And she looks at me, she's like, I just, I wish I knew what caused me to just panic. I've never panicked like that before. I, it almost felt like I had no choice. Like, it just happened to me. Like, it was forced upon me this moment of just sheer terror. I felt like I was going out of my mind for a few minutes, and then all of a sudden I was fine like was there a feeling where like you felt like something was entering your, your psyche like like you're just there and then geez there's like this pressure you can't really say on your brain it's more like in your mind i don't know how to put, quite put it but no, we I ran understand. into some stuff like that it, it was yeah, the voice in the room or just over the the electronic airways just occurred to me that maybe that voice well, now that just you intercepted it, into not... the into the telecommunications, but was not actually present in the room. You know, I've never, I didn't think about it at the time, but I'm not sure I heard it over the radio. Maybe you just heard it in your head. Well, that would be a bad sign. But it would be a good sign, too. A good yeah. sign is, I mean, geez. The, all the board members sitting there in the room, maybe even Steele's there. And somebody in there goes, hey, fly away home, little bird. Then that kind of lets everybody else in the room know that somebody knows somebody's listening in. On the contrary, that... But if that was in your head, then those folks don't even know about the bug. But it also implies something is severely wrong with me. Well, I'm not seeing a whole lot wrong with you, but um, like I said, you know, we've run into stuff where it seemed like things were trying to get into our heads, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. Well, I'll try. But I, Mr. Statham, I, I do apologize that I couldn't have gotten more information. Oh, no, your your safety is of paramount importance, and you have done your service more more than many times over. You've done a wonderful job. Um but I'm, I'm sure you're very tired from the rest. We'll, we'll allow you to get settled, and um, we'll have our doctors check over you and, you know, all those good things. Um, and 
We'll check back within you tomorrow to see how you're feeling. And So I'd like to do a, a reverse Columbo on her. A reverse Columbo. Because normally it's Columbo walking out of the room and he stops and goes, ah, one more thing. Right, But this time she's walking out of the room. Okay. And before she goes, all right, one more thing. Uh, yes. What's the command post for? Because it sounds like you're going straight downtime here. Uh, well, I was able to download to disks and USBs some files that may or may not be important, um, but wasn't able to directly send them to state them. It just wasn't safe. I've been keeping the hard copies. So all of my information that I was keeping in my apartment has been brought here so that it can be downloaded, transcribed, copied, added to the thing, and therefore, and analyzed. Um, but clerical documents, notes, names, anything I could get my hands on that I could get out of the building, and I got it out of the building. So it's 11 months of... Well, those guys in there didn't look much like analysts, so who's going to go through all this stuff? And try? Oh, no, they don't go through it. Their, their job is to make sure nobody goes in there and tampers with the equipment and set it up and just kind of maintain it. And then eventually they'll clear out and there'll only be a couple that'll stay in there with the stuff until the uh, analysts can come in and kind of decode everything. And um, I'll oversee that with them. Um, but yeah, no, they were just in charge of making sure it was all brought in safely and securely. Yeah, you. Get yourself some rest there, uh, Miss Sparrow. <laughs> Please, Susume will do. It's fine. All right, uh, Susume, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. All right. So, Mr. Statham wraps up with you guys in the office and kind of sends you on your way, kind of gives you that pleasant, but I really do have things to do. Like, okay, well, it's been nice sitting with you. Um, Kind of... Gently nudging that maybe you should make yourself scarce. You can choose not to do that, but it is implied by Mr. Statham. Well, I'm sensing adventure, so I'm heading up to my room, and I'm going to start like making sure my uh, Glock 17 clips are full and my extra clips are full and taking inventory of all the equipment and putting it in my little travel bag and getting ready. Nice. When I go back, I am going to, at some point, go to the room of Nate and knock. Yeah, come on in, uh, B-Money. B-Money. Don't know that it is, but I'm guessing that it's him. It's the way he knocks. Right, and uh, I just want people to think that I'm so good at this head of security thing. <laughs> How does, did he know? It was he does me? like the sh the shave and the haircut two bits, but he doesn't do the second bit, and it's like really obnoxious. <laughs> I am going to open the door and walk in and say, Nate, I know you're acting head of security, especially where our missions are concerned, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mexico is a bit of a rough place. There's a lot of cartel activity. I gather that our friend Kara is very well equipped with her skills of defense, but she's also a little maybe impulsive is the proper word 
So I think we need to take a little extra care and maybe do some sort of recon on what the situation is in the area where we're going to be at and try to make sure that we're not running afoul of any organizations that we're not trying to have any dealings with. Yeah, so Nate's going to try to act like um, he's not surprised that he didn't think of that. <laughs> That's probably something out of security would do, like check out the area before going. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to get right on that. Um, finish up here. Slam a clip in a gun, throw it on my bed. So, I go down to the library, maybe hit the computers in there and try to, you know, look at current events, uh, that kind of thing. There's probably cartel activity. I'm just saying shit now. Um, banditos. I also have a friend back at the university that I can give a call to. She actually worked in Mexico for a little while and may know a little more about it. I pretty much stayed out of Mexico during most of my time, but I think she might know a little more about it. No, it's good thinking I'll clap him on the shoulder as I head towards the door. We'll make a security expert out of you in no time. Silently making a note. Remember, check the areas you're going to before you go. That's brilliant. Brilliant. There's a lot of that. Okay. So you're going to try to contact your... Okay. Veruca Pepper. Veruca Pepper. <laughs> Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> God damn it. Thought you were making a play on the uh, Willy Walker character. Veruca, Veruca Salt. Salt. <laughs> the band Veruca Salt. Okay. Okay, Cara, what are you doing while these two are doing whatever this is? <laughs> so... First, she's going to go up to her room and change because she's just been wearing house clothes and now she's putting on, like, adventure clothes. Right. And um, on the way there, she calls Alex again, and I'm sure he does not pick up. So then she's going to go to, like, the tech room of the state and see if she can't trace where his last uh, cell phone ping was. Can Can I do that? Yes. Cool. So you call, mm-hmm. and there are three rings, and then you hear the phone pick up. The phone picks up. And there's like a rustling sound. Uh huh. And then you hear someone ought to take a hint and a hang up. You are a hundred percent sure that's not Alex's voice. Correct. That was not Alex. Um, oh yeah, she's definitely gonna go check to see. Uh, do what limited tech stuff that she knows and see if she can't see where his phone is. I know she can't trace a call, but maybe like see where his last ping of a cell phone tower was. So, you go to the techie bits and start doing really, really impressive tech things that I totally know and can explain in a game situation. And you're able to see that about 
three weeks ago, his phone pinged in his lab is a strong word. It's more like his basement. Mm-hmm. Um, but the three weeks after that, it seems like the ping jumps a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know that in the past that Alex has a way of manipulating these pings for himself mm-hmm. so that people can't trace where you are. Yeah. It makes it very hard to find you because you're, mm-hmm. he basically bounces you off of a bunch of different towers so that he can't, that nobody knows which one you're really at. Yeah. And it seems as though that has happened to his phone's location or his IP. I don't know. The, I don't know the yeah. things, the things, okay? Sciencey yeah. things. Mm-hmm. But yes, it seems as though somebody, whether it be Alex or someone else, has managed to scramble his location for the last three weeks. And then your phone goes off. And it's Alex's number. And the text message says... If you want your friend to see the light of day... I suggest you back off in all caps. Quest? Side quest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Okay, so, Bernard, you're going to call your your friend Veruca Pepper. Yes. What kind of information were you wanting to get from Veruca? Just a little background on cartel activity as far as what areas were safe and how it relates to where we are trying to go. Okay. Well, Bernard, is that you? That's not her voice. <laughs> you made the character. I get to put the voice. <laughs> I'd rather not act this part out. <laughs> So you get to be shitty and name her Dr. Pepper, but I don't get to give her a funny voice. You suck. You're ruining my game. (laughs) All right. So she tells you that there is some cartel activity in the area. Um, She names off a couple. As of right now, the last few months, activity has been low. Um, She hasn't seen too much in the way of news or... You know, advisory alerts for anything like that. Um, she does know that you should not head, like, specifically when you're talking about Hidalgo, that Hidalgo has not had much in the way of major news. Um, she's not really sure why you'd want to go there. But aside from petty crime, not much going on. Um, but some places south of Hidalgo has have had a lot of major crime in the past and she would advise you not to go much further south if you can help it but Hidalgo has not had much in the way that she knows of to be concerned about but definitely don't try to you know solve the drug epidemic you know don't get your hands in it if you can help it okay yeah take all my fun (laughs) all right so Mr. Statham lets you guys know that he will be able to send you to Mexico City next week. He 
uh, isn't able to pull together the resources to get you out there any sooner just because of some, you know, inner country restrictions and just moving funds and personnel around and just, you know, doing things like that. Um, but that he will get you in touch with a friend of his um, who should be able to help you in Hidalgo. Um, hold on. Uh, his name is Ignacio Leguizama. Leguizama. Leguizamo? How do you say that? L-E-G-U-I-Z-A-M-O. Leguizamo? Is that right? Roundabout. Give or take. Ignacio. Um, he does tell you that him and Ignacio have not spoken in quite a while. Um, probably... 20, 30 years. Um, but that he's sure everything should be fine. He sent him a letter um, or an email and, you know, he's waiting response. But as soon as he hears back, he'll get you guys travel out there. But that would be the easiest route for you guys to start with because Ignacio has lived in Hidalgo his whole life and would know of anything weird that's ever happened or anything like that. He might be able to give you guys some place to start because right now Statham doesn't know where to send you or what to look for because it's all very vague at this point and that's his best jumping off point so you guys have about a week where you can pre-plan get any gear you think you might need um talk to sparrow research what do you guys want to do for the next week any other gear that you think of that you might want Shopping. I think I'm going to need a Panama hat. Okay. Yeah, I think we should all, well, car probably not so much, but I'm going to have to revisit my wardrobe and make sure I have proper attire for... Wait. Should we come up with a cover? Maybe. Well, what are we doing in there? Are we like an archaeologist and his assistant? What part of Mexico is this? Is this a rainforesty area or a desert? Deserty. Okay. I think. Let me check. You guys continue. I'm going to check because I didn't do my research because I'm a bad keeper. Actually, being an archaeologist or whatever might not be the best because then why aren't we at a dig somewhere? Why are we in these corporate settings? Perhaps we are partners in a brewing company that is doing on location, looking for new sources of the plant that they make tequila out of. And that would explain why, business-wise, we're looking into more corporate things, possibly, and not just... Maybe you're looking for a good place to set up a you know, Mexican, Mexico-based manufacturing, because it's cheaper. Yeah. I think the plant was the agave. Yeah. I forgot the word. I but... just now remembered it and wanted to let the world know. I remember. It's a copy. A copy. 
So it looks like Hidalgo has a mix. There are some tropical areas, but there are some more deserty type areas. No, I like that corporate uh, folks scoping out supply chain, possible location for a factory. I'm sure Americans come down there and do that all the time. Yeah. I wonder how uh, Cara's American accent is. It's weirdly good. Spot on. <laughs> yep. And if you go down there looking like important people with money, the cartel usually doesn't mess with you as much because generally if they mess up the people's money, it's more of a problem. We may end up having issues where we have to pay protection money or something at some point, but... All right, well, then here's what I'm going to do this time. I'm going to get at least one suit. Okay. One that breathes. It's going to be hot. Yeah. Um, and then I still have about $7,000 worth of the bonus money we got mm -hmm. from Statham. And I'm going to put 5000 of that into cash. Like, Bundles of a hundred dollar bills. Okay. Like have that in case we need to flash some money around and look like big corporate so, spenders. Jonathan gets you a suit made that is um, well tailored, but breathable. It's usually don't like wearing suits, but this one's comfortable. Um, and when he get, procures you your cashed out funds, he also brings you like a nondescript briefcase. Um, but he seems oddly proud of it. He says, um, now this briefcase is, is, um, actually it's quite impressive. So there's this large compartment where all your money can sit. But if you press this little button right up underneath the handle, and when he does this secondary, like fake back pops forward and there's a small, like one inch wide section along the interior that can be used to hide any number of things that you don't want found. And the button is very difficult to find if you don't know exactly where it is. Um, so you have this nice little like hidden compartment briefcase with five grand and hundred dollar bills in it. Cool. So you're gonna, practically in the cartel. I'm going to put my surveillance equipment in, in the little secret spot. I'm assuming we're going to take the, the corporate jet and we don't have to worry about Yes. Getting through TSA and all that stuff. No. That's not the way Statham works. Cool. Um, anything else the other two of you want to procure? Just appropriate clothing. Okay. So Jonathan brings you a stack of clothing that's... He guys give you some options, some casual, some nicer outfits, um, things like that, shoes and things like that. Um He also gives you a very nice, um, I won't, I won't call it an adventurer's kit, but it, it has a lot of different things in it that he thinks you may need. Um, you know, it's got like flares and um, those stakes that you like put in rocks to be able to climb on, some things like that. But it's all tucked away so precisely that it takes up very little space. Um, 
and it's just kind of this rugged wilderness kit type thing um, that he provides to all three of you. Kara, is there anything other than clothing that you would like? No, I I feel like she has she already has a lot of stuff, so I think we're good. Okay. All right. Anything you guys want to research? Anybody you want to talk to? Are there any weird books in the Statham Library about Mexico? And by weird, I mean particularly occult, possibly. Maybe. Um, give me a luck roll. It's a three. A three. Nice. Now tell me how I failed it. <laughs> no, you succeeded. There is a book. It's written in Spanish. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> That's not a problem for me. <laughs> it's written in... No. Um, no, there is a book about um, ancient uh, Aztec and Mayan folklore. Um, just a second. Let me see what you've been. Um, so it talks about several different locations in Mexico that are, you know, either sacred or of note. Um, and some of these you've heard of, but some of them are new to you. And you can decide whether or not you've heard of this one. But just north of Hidalgo, there is a monument called the Tula, T-U-L-A, um, that is particularly interesting. Um, it is a step pyramid from the Aztec era. Um, it's, let's see here. It was the capital of the Toltec Empire between the fall of a gentleman whose name I cannot say. And the rise of another gentleman whose name I cannot say. Um, the site is located in the city of Tula de Allende in the Tula Valley, um, which is now called the Pyramid of Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl? Yes, that's the one. Um, it's topped with four meter, four four meter high. Uh, basalt columns carved in the shape of Toltec warriors. Tula fell in uh, 1150, but it had significant influence in the following Aztec Empire. Um, and with its written history heavily relying on myth. And that is the closest site of regional importance to Hidalgo. Okay. I wasn't prepared to give out information today. So. No, that was pretty good. Um, hey, uh, is there any possibility that I can talk either Sparrow or Mr. Statham into letting me join the analysts that are going through the stuff she brought with her? And I'm thinking back to when we were in the library uh, after the first adventure and I was able to use my law skill 
go through there and break through some of the corporate veil and figure out how the structure of, of NAFRAM was working. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'd like to use do the same kind of thing with the pins and the yarn um, on the stuff she brought. I'm thinking the analysts have probably sifted through some of it and like separated into that's just crap. This stuff might have something right. and, and focus only on this might have something to see if I can, uh, you know, sift through that and, and maybe find something out about the Mexico operation of Nafram. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you can talk to her about it. Um, you find her sitting in a parlor somewhere. Um, just enjoying some tea. Um, oh, Nathan, uh, how can I how can I help you this morning? Hey, uh, Sue, listen. Um, looks like uh, Statham's going to send us to Mexico, chase down down the lead. There, you got. And, uh, I was just remembering you brought a lot of stuff with you that <clears throat> you grabbed what you could. Um, and I was wondering, you know, maybe you could you know, talk to the guys in there and get me into that stuff, and let me just. You know, look through it and see if I can draw any connections between the stuff you brought and Mexico. You know, just trying to make sure we've scoped the place out with every possible information we have in our hands. Um, yeah, you can definitely take a look. <clears throat> um, they haven't started cataloging everything yet. Um, you can definitely try. Um, but by the time you get back from Mexico, we should have it all cataloged and kind of separate it out by different mm. things to make it easier to look, but you're definitely... I'm, yeah, yes. I'm just, you know, if there's something that can help me in Mexico, I don't want to find that out after I get back from Mexico. I, 100%. <clears throat> so, so uh, yeah, I can take you over there. Um, no need to get the, my my work. Um, they're there on my behest, so certainly you can come look at my Great. my files. So she takes you in there. Um, you're going to have to roll me something because right now this is a hobbled mess Sure. Um, I'm thinking, again, the connection is corporate at this point. Every, uh, at least in Egypt, there is a corporate mm-hmm. connection. But if I can find the corporate connection, maybe we'll be able to figure out where in or about Hidalgo the Nafram Mexico office building is. Okay. Um, subsidiaries, yeah. that kind of Same kind of search we did with the library back after the Morocco thing. So I'd like to use my law skill to follow the the corporate shell companies and everything and see if I can get a location. Okay, yeah, go ahead and give me that law rule. That is an epic failure. But we got a week here, so I'd like to try to push that rule. Okay. And I don't know if you want to tell me if there's something other than time as a penalty here if I fail to push. So... Okay. You love coming up with failures for failure. I do. Sure. It's one of my favorite things. So any kind of failure except for a extreme failure. It's just time. But if there is an extreme failure, you pose the risk of damaging the files. Okay, I'm going for it. Okay. <coughs> That is another failure. Is it just a standard failure? 82 over 45. Okay. I didn't hit the fumble lanes. <clears throat> so you end up spending a couple days just <clears throat> racking your brain through this stuff. And the way that she has it, you know, it was all very, she just throws it on a disc and tries to move on. She's not trying to sort it in any way. 
it's just, it's all so muddled. Um, it's, you know, see reference form 32A subsection B. And when you go to that and it's like, well, no, you actually need to go to subsection form 47D in paragraph four. And it's just so poorly laid out. Uh, hey, Susu, why, why did you even bother picking up a sticky note that said, do your time card? I, I, I maybe Is this your handwriting? Oh, no. <laughs> um, well, it has somebody's name and, you know, I... Okay, I'm just saying just, you can make it a bit e easier on other folks had you been a little more discriminating about what you decided to collect as evidence. So. Well, the analyst who works on my um, information should be here in the next day or so. He had to be flown in, and um, he should be able to put all this kind of in a easier-to-read order. At this point, even I wouldn't know where half of these things go or what they're for, and it should be make it considerably easier so i'm going to grab an unused sticky pad mm -hmm. and i'm going to write down my cell phone number on it with instructions that if they run across anything about nafram in mexico specifically hidalgo area call me when you get that info yeah certainly she um, runs into something while we're over there yeah no 100 yeah definitely i'll make sure that happens um I'm sorry I couldn't be of more use. I wasn't anticipating, you know, needing this information for quite some time. I thought we would have some time to get through it and sort it and all those things. But, yes, if they come across anything, I'll have I'll, – I will personally call you. Yeah, I hear you on the – thought you had more time, you know. Statham, for a man who walks so slow, he likes to move fast, doesn't he? He's learned from experience that you can't dawdle with Nafram. They strike fast and – it's hard to keep up with him if you're not willing to move at a moment's notice, which is why he keeps so many assets free and in the clear, because he needs to be able to move people as quickly as possible. All right, well, uh, hey, it's great. Uh, hopefully you're still around when we get back. Well, um, yeah, I'll be here. Um, no plans of going anywhere else. I've got to lay low for a while, you know, let things clear a bit. Um, but yeah, I'll be here when you get back, so. That was the last thing I wanted to do during the week. Okay. Um, so we'll end our session on the night before we're flying out to Hidalgo. And you all get a nice night's sleep. Except for Kara. Mm-hmm. Kara, make me a power roll. Oh. Poof your power roll. Poof your power roll. Here I was thinking I was just losing sleep over my friend Alex being missing, but nope, I feel like it's going to be the thing in my hand. Uh, success, 47 under 55. You have a night full of just gut-wrenching dreams. Um, you keep waking from sleep, tossing and turning. In the morning when you wake up, your bed is, like, destroyed. Your sheets are all pulled off, knocked off. Nightstand's, like, half disheveled. You can tell you've really not slept well, but you just, you can't recall any of the dreams. Mm. But you feel like shit. Tired. Awesome. Exhausted. And that's where we're going to end it tonight, guys. Can I ask one question? Yeah. Uh, when we got back, so we spent a couple more weeks here. Mm -hmm. When we got back from Egypt... Was Evan around? How's he doing? Evan is not around. Evan uh, is has been moved to a psychiatric facility off-site, um, but they did give you the address and the phone number. You were able to visit him at one point or another. He does seem better, but the doctors aren't sure he'll ever be 100% back to his old self. Something 
very critical has broken in Evan and they're just not sure he's going through a lot of different therapies and counseling and things like that. They're trying some medications. Um, there haven't been a ton of developments except for that. He is having severe like night terrors and the occasional very violent outbursts, but it's usually if, you know, anybody gets too close to him, makes very sudden movements. He tends to lash out. Um, so, you know, they're giving him his space, but he's, talking more um but he seems to have blocked out the whole experience he doesn't seem to recall it um nor you guys so when you tried to call he wasn't really receptive he didn't know who he was speaking to um it was a very awkward strained conversation you know given nate's nature of you know hey very and evan's not really getting it but he spoke to his doctors and they seem optimistic that he should at least recover enough to return to society, but he may never go back to his full self. And how about Jasmine? She was mentally okay when mm -hmm. we left, was recovering from physical injuries. She gone back to the States? Or? She has gone back to the States. Um, you did speak to her as well. She's doing well. Um, she's in still, you know, nursing some wounds, some casts and things like that. Um, she is also seeking some therapy to deal with the trauma of what's happened. Navram has done a great job of kind of Nafram or Statham? I'm sorry. Statham has done a great job of kind of covering up everything that happened with Nafram and Nafram and giving them her very plausible explanations as to what's going on. Um, so she is in a form of denial, but it's more, you know, like, oh, well, you know, I must have been in hysterics and hallucinating and things like that. Like, she's really trying to get past it, but she knows who you are. She seems okay, but... Um, Mr. Statham does tell you that they do have people on stateside that are checking in on her periodically, making sure she's okay, um, paid for all her medical bills, some time off from work, all those things. They're taking very good care of her. All right. So the last thing I'm going to do the night before we leave then is I'm going to shoot a text to Jasmine. <clears throat> Hope everything's going well. Um, <clears throat> about to take a trip, um, probably out of cell range. Going to be off the grid for a little while, but uh, just want to make sure you're doing good. That's it. Hit send. Yeah. She sends you a text message back. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm actually having like a great evening at home. She sends you a picture of her on her front porch. Um, she's drinking tea and it's raining. Um, she looks happy though. I mean, reserved, but happy. Make me a notice roll. A spot hidden roll? That's the one. That is a regular success. Okay. Um... You notice that her clothes look disheveled, like she maybe hasn't been out of the house in a while. Um, and she's reading some psychology book of some sort. But yeah. Cool. Okay. Anybody else have anything else they want to do? Okay. Well, then we really are going to end it there. Great. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It just occurred to me. No, it was, what kind of people would we be if we didn't ask didn't about Didn't ask that? about them. Um, all right. Well, that's all we have for tonight, guys. I'm so glad you guys could join us and we will see you next time as we continue our adventure. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody. Bye. Check us out on socials. Do the likes and stuff. kind of surprised when he asked about Evan you weren't like oh you've been eating him in the bangers and mash <laughs> he's dead <laughs>
eating them. 